triple doubles have you guys had in your careers? The close I got was seven assists, and I was a rookie. And then I discovered I could shoot better than everybody. I said, fuck this. <laughs> I got one, which is bummed. I was one away a couple times. I've actually had double-digit assists like four or five times. Just not, just not, just didn't have When it added rebounds. up with the points and rebounds. <laughs> yeah. No, I had, yeah. Dude, passing the ball is like raise, raise, raise your hand. If you've had a 2020 in the NBA, I had a 2029. Did you really? Yeah, 2029 assists. I think, guys, I, I was a good player. I was a good player for a while. Hang on. 2029. What? What? 29 rebounds. 20? No, no, 20 points. I think it was like 21 rebounds and nine assists. Might have had 10 You had 21 so rebounds so in a game? So te- so technically that's also counts as yes, I was a fucking really good player for a long time. I don't I don't years. remember that part. I don't remember that part either. However, 21 rebounds is not just to say you were a really good like that is like especially at your size and your position. Well, I used to rebound rebounds. a lot. I when I was a young you guy and I was energy. trying to get my money, I used, I used to rebound, and then J Kid told me to stop rebounding and just run. So then I kind of stopped rebounding. <laughs> I stopped rebounding, but yeah, I had a bunch of double. I had a bunch of double doubles, like all that bullshit. But yeah, no, I had twenty twenty nine assists, ten turnovers. Oh, ten turnovers. <laughs> no, no, no. Twenty points, twenty one rebounds, nine assists, like ten or eleven turnovers. Dude, yeah, How I many minutes did you play? 50? 48, 50, 50. No lie, because the game went into overtime. The game went into overtime. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But no, what happened was that I had like eight rebounds in the first quarter. So I was like, fuck it. Let me see how many I can get. And I was competing against, I was competing against Jason Collins. So I just kept jumping over him. Shout out Jason Collins. And on that note, welcome. Uh, take a drink. This edition. <laughs> Of road trip and that's Richard Jefferson talking about his scrapbook. Well, wait a second. I get offended. I get offended when you guys like make it sound so fucking crazy. I'm Allie Clifton. Don't get offended. At this point of your career, your life, we need to make sure everyone is well aware. There are the youngsters coming up that need to remember Mm. how good Richard Jefferson was. Oh, 10 turnovers aside. 10 turnovers. I had no problem. I literally, there was a long time where I was like top three in the league in turnovers or leading the league in turnovers, like 30 games into the season. Ooh, trash. Point that's came back. Yeah, that's what it was. Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr famously said, well, look, if, if I had Richard Jefferson's teammates, I'd throw the ball out of bounds too. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh Thanks my Steve. Gosh. Thanks we, for having my uh... back. Steve. <laughs> Can we uh, talk about how right now, as we are recording this, Channing is fresh off a red eye. We are literally the epitome of our name, Road Trippin'. We are all three in different time zones. How wild is that? Talk about me when it comes to scheduling. I had to literally label out Channing 1130, Richard 1030, Allie 830. (laughs) And I still called you. I still was like, hey, where are you guys? What are you doing? I'm in San Antonio. I'm about to call this game here in San Antonio. Love it. Loving Texas. I think there's still a hit out for me in Texas, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. There's still a hit out for me in San Antonio, so I can't leave the hotel without security. (laughs) Why would you ever want to leave the hotel unless you're getting ready to drink some of that river water? 
No cheating, comment. Not to put our business out there, but we actually had a fun night in San Antonio. Remember? Oh, we did have a fun right. night. No, no, everyone right. knows. That's that's a famous in this D Wade's birthday. It's funny that you say that. The guy oh, who got Richard cut is. from the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> well, that is hundred percent true. <laughs> I made. I'm, well, actually, technically, as my performance, I was making more than D Wade, so it was a financial decision. That's what I tell myself. I was making more than D Wade for the first time ever in my life. So he was, he, you know, so it was a it was a financial decision that they did for the team. I'm just kidding, D. But I was making more money. Oh, yeah, he was at a, he was on the minimum. They've got those. Yeah. Fair, he was. And Channing was not wanting to be traded from Cleveland at that time. And nope. He needed to step away from the team for a moment. <laughs> they got yeah. They got tired. They got tired of they got they got tired of winning finals games. So they're like, Richard, we need to go. We need you out of here. Yeah, get out, get you out of here, Richard. Yeah. All right, guys, let's the... dive in. What are we diving into? Let's what? dive into the NBA. Oh, what would you guys like to dive into? Ooh, gee, a nap? Another nap? No, I'm joking. This is epic. <laughs> this is yeah. epic. Uh, I'm still in bed. Look, look at this. Look at this. I'm laying in the bed. This is the first time I've ever recorded a podcast from bed. I thought about it, and but I just want to be professional. <laughs> can so I what? please tell the both of you? Um, fine. If you guys aren't going to pick the topic and you guys are going to brag about how you want to be doing this in bed and, and more than likely are. I know you are, obviously, Richard. I didn't leave this room, this studio, until after midnight last night after the Laker Rocket game. And I had to be back here in the makeup chair at 6.30 this morning. So, Allie, you live five minutes away. Everyone no, has no, a scrapbook, Allie. Everyone has a scrapbook. Fair. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew mine. Um, so let's start with, I'm just going to go right down my list of uh, topics. LeBron. Who? Guys. Second night of a back-to-back. LeBron. <laughs> Second night of a back-to-back this season, going into last night, he was averaging 34 on said nights. Instead of, you know, hovering around that 34-point range, uh, he put up his season-high 48. He is now 319 points away from breaking the all-time scoring record. And guess what? Because I know that you guys want to be in the building. Mm -hmm. We are starting to estimate the dates, which would be February 9th at home. Versus Milwaukee. Channing, if you come to town and do not hit me up, I will be very upset. Or February 11th at Golden State. That is a national network broadcast game on ABC. So, one, have you guys booked your flights yet? Are you thinking about it? Obviously, you haven't. Um, And would you like to see him get it at a certain game, certain matchup? What are you thinking? Well, did you say 11th February? I think Milwaukee, personally. Do it at home. You say February 11th? Either February 11th or February 9th. Yeah. February 9th, I hope he doesn't break it because I'll be... Uh, I, I, wait, February 9th at home? Yeah. February 9th and February 11th, um, I could pull that off. Or through there, it gets a little, dis- gets a little Both dicey. Both of them. Both of them. I could pull those off. Because February... Like, I'm in New Orleans, so I'm calling Cleveland at New Orleans on the 10th. So February 11th, I technically could just fly straight to San Fran to be in the building, which would be awesome. Yeah. Hopefully it's 11th. I have uh, a wine event on the 9th. 
<laughs> oh, don't you dare. That's just like the one event you won't remember. Being in the building for your boy passing one of the most historic records in all of sports, Channing. Don't make don't make me be sad for you. <laughs> Guys, I need you to pick up your pick it up. Pick up the energy. My energy's great. Mojo. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. Now I'm gonna Guys, toss it. I just think you need to play the Rockets. We talked about this before air. If you yeah. want to get a 50 ball or if you want to just go out there and play AU basketball, go play the Rockets. If you're in a slump, play the Rockets. Well, it's, it's just a fact. That's fair. He's, he's the, Look, the, Braun is having an outstanding season. Lakers are just okay. Um, and, you know, look, they're fighting. That is a they're, hard they're, okay. Yeah, they're fighting it. But uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will say this is that I really want to be in the building. And again, this is assuming that there's no rest days, there's no nothing, you know. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna do anything in my possibility to to be in that building, wherever it is. Just not even because I'm a fan of him. I really don't give a damn about him. I just want to see the record being broke and to say that you were in the building during it. No, because like all of, part of the reason why we. We have a podcast. We do all these things because we love this game. We've studied the game. We've like watched old film and like we grew up watching stuff. So like to see like history being made, like that would be, that would be special. Especially with somebody you know, right? If it was like, you know, mm-hmm. one of these younger kids. I wish it was somebody like, I liked. All right, cool. Yeah, no. Oh, Lord have mercy. my God. <laughs> what happened? The, the both of you and your your reactions, your responses. Okay, okay, so I just wanted to touch base on there. Obviously, we're paying attention to that countdown, um, and he's well aware as well. Okay, so I'm going to ask this question. I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm going to say a team, and you tell me what's on your mind. Okay. Okay. The Phoenix Suns. Whoa. They, they seem a bit stale. <laughs> What a start. What a start. They're injured. They they seem a bit stale. Guys, they are now 12th in the Western Conference, sitting at 21 and 24. Now, we, of course, know Listen. when it comes to the playoff picture, it's not. You're not far off. You're only a couple games out of the play-in opportunity uh, from even a playoff lock, given how wide open the West is. But they've lost three in a row. Obviously, they've got a lot of injuries. They're one and nine in their last 10. No, I don't think there's anything to say. They're dealing with, you know, you have your two all NBA guys out. There's there's just, you know, I looked at the roster that was it last night or the night before who they were wheeling out there. And it's tough, you know, and they're in their transitional phase with multiple kind of voices in the ownership space. So you don't know if they can make moves, if they're going to make moves like it's 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 tough because Chris Paul, one of the great players, you know, this league has seen. You know, ain't nobody feeling bad for Braun, but, you know, Chris Paul's dealing with the same thing, except I, I would say more of like injuries to the roster. So like the chances of them actually making any noise, in my opinion, greatly decreases, right? It greatly decreases. As, I was just going to say, will they be in the thick of it when it matters most? Will they be in the thick of it? I understand that we're in the middle of January. I think so. They're just too good, right? When they're healthy, when they're healthy, they're just they don't beat themselves. They have enough talent to be fun and amazing and win games. I just think, and here's my, you know, just take it from as a grain of salt attitude towards things. When you play basketball and you have an extra spot for someone there 
to contribute to your team and you're holding it off for nothing. Like Cam Johnson got hurt at the beginning of the year. Mikael Bridges is, is one of those marathon mans, but obviously he gets tired at times. DeAndre Aiden struggled with injuries. Chris Paul's injuries. Devin Booker's injuries. What I mean when I say they look, they feel stale is that there's no injection of energy mm-hmm. and like hope into what this person is coming into. And I, you know, liken that to myself. It's like, I came from Orlando, I go to Cleveland, and I'm like, holy shit, guys, we're winning. Like, this is a good team. And that little bit of mm-hmm. hope trickles up. They don't really, they have fun, but I don't know if they have any expectation to, like, be amazing this year. They they seem like they're okay with just being good. So, is there so. such thing as, to your point of being stale, is there such thing as kind of like, I guess maybe complacency is the word? I don't know if they're complacent. I just think... Like, DeAndre Aiden's young. He's, you know, we always assume there's something there that may not be there. Uh, Cameron Payne is who he is. Bismack Biombo is who he is. I think Mikhail Bridges has excelled each year that he's played, but he's not an all-star yet. Um, so you rely on Devin Booker, based on their system, to get you 30, 40, 50, 60 a night. And everyone else compliments that. But then when Chris Paul isn't there and, and Devin Booker isn't there and your spacing isn't there, you got to completely reinvent how to win. And it's hard enough to win in games. And I just don't think, I think John Drayton is very good. He's not a guy yet you could throw on the block and, and get double teams and kick out and get wide open shots. Um, I think he's good. He's great at what he does. Good. Um, but he's still developing. I think the dude's only, what, 24, 23, 24? So it's like, you know, you got to give them a break. Yeah, where the, I think their biggest difficulty and why, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not saying that they can't accomplish something. But, like, yeah, they're a game and a half out of being in the sixth place. That means they're a game and a half out of right. not being in the, mm-hmm. the postseason. Now, this is where it gets more difficult. Denver, they're a loaded monster. Memphis, they've won 10 in a row. New Orleans, like, obviously, you know, Sacramento has been a very, very big surprise team. Everybody talking about damn Utah. Like Sacramento is probably be the biggest surprise team in the NBA currently right now, in my opinion, because it's been a consi- more it's than consistent Indiana. enough, right? Yes, more than Indiana. Like Indiana right now is 23 and 22, right? You get Tyler's Halliburton. They've had some talented stuff. Yes. Indiana with Rick Carlisle, you know, like I, I'm, I'm not saying, look, they're Rick, 500. Indiana doesn't the, have a, Indiana doesn't Ty- have an all-star. But what do you mean doesn't have an all-star? Tyrese – no, no. Who? Who does Sacramento have? Because De'Aaron Fox Fox has never been – he's never been – But but what I'm saying, though, is De'Aaron Fox has never been an all-star. Tyrese Halliburton was leading the league in in assists and this. So to say that those guys could project to be all-stars, that's fine. Sabonis is an all-star. I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is that, like, they're a 500 team. Utah – is a 500 team. They're probably around the same. Like Utah doesn't have an all-star. They have a former six-man of the year. They got Conley. Laurie Markkinen has turned into what could be an all-star. He's definitely put up those numbers. Oh, so I'm not disputing. Not yeah, I'm not disputing. I'm, I retired but, from but again, basketball. But again, their team is 500. Sacramento is six games over, six games over 500 at the halfway point and they hadn't made the playoffs in 16 years. So that's what I'm just saying. Like when you look at that, they're not, they're 
Sacramento is is six games away from being in the play-in, like six games above the play-in team. We're not talking about, ooh, they're in the seventh spot. No, we're talking about they're in the fourth spot. They're above Dallas. They're above the Clippers. They're above Golden State. They're above Utah. That's a strong position. Like, they're in a position where they have room for error. And that's all you want to say. Could they go lose four out of five and still be in the top six? Yes, they can. Right. And so that to me, they, they've been the most the most surprising team. But the point that I was trying to make was that Phoenix OKC is playing solid basketball. Now, these are the teams that are above them. They're playing OK basketball. The Lakers, you believe that the Lakers, they get Anthony Davis back. You 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 maybe make a move. I'm not going to guarantee if? that they do. I'm not going to guarantee that they do. But what I'm saying is that their path up is going to be a very they're going to have to, like, get healthy and get rolling to get to the play in that they're three games below 500. Like, so it's like that gap between them. And I'm not saying that they can't get to the playoffs. They're going to, I think, I believe they'll make the postseason. They'll make the playoffs, but it's going to be a, a shitty, shitty journey. The second half of the season. Oh. And it's not like, it's not like everyone's coming back healthy and they still don't have an answer on Jay Crowder. Like that's a big piece of energy of skill. I don't care what his numbers are. Like anybody, like I'm not saying that Jay Crowder was having a great season last year, but he is a value add to any team. Jay Crowder helps you win five, six games a year, in my opinion, by himself, right? If you add him to your roster, you can count your team to be four to five games better than what you would be without him. Hey, road trippers, let's all make those New Year's resolutions a reality. It's time to start thinking about changing your habits and really focusing on your overall health. But you don't have to make huge, unsustainable changes by following strict or trendy fad diets. Start 2023 off right by switching out one meal a day to Huel. That's Huel spelled H-U-E-L. With Huel, you'll be at ease knowing you're getting all the nutrients you need in that one quick meal. Beginning with this one small sustainable change, you'll drastically increase your chances of success. Start a habit you can stick to. Huel has easy calorie controlled portions so you'll know exactly what you're putting into your body. Every Huel meal is made up from natural ingredients and the vitamins give it 160 different health benefits. Plus Huel, it's super convenient. It only takes 30 seconds to shape up your meal then you can take it with you anywhere complete nutrition in under a minute what's better than that and you don't have to think about how healthy it is huel it's done all the work for you so get started today by visiting huel.com road trip in today stick to your new year's resolutions of living a healthier lifestyle they'll even throw in a free t-shirt and shaker with your first order that's huel h-u-e-l.com slash road trip in i got a question for you channing you're in atlanta well said, Rich. But Channing, you're in Atlanta. Do the Hawks make the playoffs? They've won four of their last six. They're 21 and 22 at this point. They're two losses back behind the Heat in that seven spot. Do they make the playoffs? They beat the Heat yesterday. By the way, shout out to the NBA. What a slate of games on MLK oh, Day. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, I was on the NBA app just going through. I wish there was crunch time, but there wasn't. <laughs> so good. Shout but yeah, the Hawks, do they make the playoffs? Yes, they make the playoffs. Uh, I I don't, like, they just, if DeJounte Murray and, and, and we saw it last night, like, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young got to have 25-plus mm-hmm. for them to win. Uh, I think physically they're the best team that matches up with Milwaukee. Um 
I just don't know who's that third guy, right? Everyone's like, are you going to trade John Collins? Like, again, these are these big name pieces that are playing and they're being pros. But, dude, it is it is a lot on your team and you if you're in trade talks every single year, every single day, every single week. Like, do you pack your bags up? Like, how do you prepare for a game? How do you commit to your team when you and that team assume have said, hey, this isn't going to work. We, you know, we're looking to trade you. How do you commit to that team? And I think that's where the Hawks, to be really great, they need their whole team to commit to Nate McMillan's style and to Trey and DeJounte to be special. But I think, you know, defensively, they're, they have the right pieces. They just, yeah, I just think they're kind of figuring it out from that position. That is a big – that third best player is a huge position to not have somebody that you can rely on. Yeah, look, they've won three games in a row to bring them to 500. You know, so like (laughs) when you add an all star, when you add an all star guard and DeJounte Murray, who, you know, is very good defensively. And and, and I think that they expected to be an above 500 team. They should be an above 500 team. Um, I'm always a wait and see guy because people don't know what the fuck they're talking about half the time. So. I, I think they did play well the year that they made it to the conference finals. They played great the second half of the season. So DeJounte yeah. Murray's here now. If you were to tell me they would go, you know, eight, you know, they would win. Let's make up a number. Let's say they would win, you know, 14 out of their next, you know, 18 games. 22. Right. But I'm just saying, if they win 14 games out of their next, 14 out of their next 18 and play well, now all of a sudden they are. You know, you know, fucking 10 games over 500 and looking like what they're supposed to be. They're just going to need one of those stretches, which, you know, we know in the NBA, we could look at it now. Memphis has won 10 in a row. Boston has won seven in a row. Uh, Denver has won six in a row. That's what happens in this league. You go on stretches. You go on sick. Brooklyn, what Brooklyn did in the month of, you know, December going into January before Kevin Durant got hurt, they had won what, 15 of their last 18 games. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I just think that Atlanta, yeah, I think Atlanta is one of those teams that like, I'm in a wait and see. Do I, am I a believer? Do I feel like there's some chemistry issues? Do I feel like there's some maturity issues? Yes, but I'm going to let them dictate my opinion on them. Right, totally, mm, totally. Fair. Now, these teams are playing the next, so Dallas is a tough New York is playing their best basketball. Charlotte is – they play hard, but, again, that's an automatic dub. Chicago is 50-50, but then Oklahoma City Clippers, Portland. Like, if they're going to go on a run, they got to turn that heat up real quick because then you have in the month of February, Phoenix, Utah, Denver, New Orleans, Phoenix, San Antonio, Charlotte, New York, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Washington. So, like – Damn. <laughs> So it can well, get you know what, but disgusting. It can get disgusting, but, but also really fast. But I'm not a. But that's what I'm. But agreed, agreed. But I'm not a fan of looking at the schedule and talk and being fucking afraid. I'm not saying. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you. Oh, right. I'm not talking about you. 
I'm saying that when people say, oh, this could get ugly quick. Yeah, it could get ugly fucking quick. It also could be really awesome very quick. If y'all fucking go and beat the teams, do you want to win a championship? Do you want to have a great playoff run? Well, these are the teams you're going to have to beat anyway. Beat the teams that you're right. supposed to beat and split with the other teams. That's the goal. Rich, you just had your moment. Let's not turn this into you. Anything about you, okay? Um, but from Atlanta... <laughs> <laughs> to Richard in San Antonio, you're calling obviously Nets Spurs. You called the Nets game on Sunday against the Thunder. So you kind of talked about it after the Nets opened the season six and nine. They have the league's best record at 21 and five since. Obviously, the MCL sprain that has KD sidelined for about a month or so. Um, do you think I, I love seeing Kendrick Perkins having his little track meter, if you will? Uh, on Twitter, he's keeping an eye on Kyrie. If he can hold things down while Katie's out um, as that leader, do you think that the Nets will be able to keep that pace up and be a top three team alongside Boston and Milwaukee until Katie is back? Um, no, but, I, but I, this is the thing. I love Kyrie's approach. I, I, uh, I no, I do. I, we, we, you and I talked about it. Uh, I love the approach from the standpoint of this. I did the game that they did a loss against OKC. Not a great loss. They, they were competitive. They played hard, went down to the final minutes. But Kyrie really was trying to get other people involved. He took eight shots in the first half. And so I was telling Ryan Rucco, or Ian Eagle at the time, who I was working with, I'm like, watch, Kyrie's going to pick it up. So Kyrie has eight shots in the first half, but eight shots in the third quarter. So that first half, he was really trying to get people gone because Ben Simmons also stepped out. So Ben Simmons was out. I don't know if Ben Simmons is, you know, um, if he's traveling with the team. I don't know that stuff. But I think Kyrie's approach is all we can ask. And if you have the right approach to the game, then more times than not, you can hold on. It's when people start to go rogue that shit starts to go sideways. Have the right approach. Kyrie's getting his teammates involved in the second half. Not saying that he doesn't be aggressive or whatever, but he's got too many guys that need to be kind of fed via the system, whether it's Joe Harris, Seth Curry, uh, Claxton, uh, even O'Neal. He's got TJ a lot Warren. of guys that need to be fed. TJ Warren. Well, TJ Warren can go get a bucket. He's a dude that go get his own buckets. But right. Ben Simmons, that's the reason why Ben Simmons was getting 12 assists and zero turnovers because there's lots of guys that, oh, if you're going to create an open shot for me, we're going to eat and eat well. So Kyrie has to take on some of that role. And, you know, the San Antonio team, this is a team they should beat. I don't give a damn who you roll out there. This is a team that you should beat. So, you know, this could be an opportunity yeah. to get right, you know, with Katie out. Now, I don't know if Ben will play, according to Instagram, though. So if it's on social media, obviously it has to be true. He is with you guys in San Antonio. Um, let me ask you this. I want you to put your coaching hat on for a second. So Ben Simmons, if you guys missed this, he became just the 18th player in NBA history to dish out 13 assists and score zero points on Friday. To your point, he sat out Sunday against the Thunder with that sore back. He mentioned after that game, though, on Friday, uh, the loss to the Celtics. I think I'm giving up the ball way too many times when I know who I am. I know I need to get to the rim and get buckets. He's scored in double digits just for some context, 11 of 31 games that he's played this season. Um, how would you approach coaching Ben right now? Channing, I'll start with you. Um, especially knowing that you do need more scoring in a sense, uh, without KD during this time. Uh, I don't, and this is, this is, uh, how I'm going to say this is not as uh, like mean as it sounds. He, 
I, I, as a coach, I don't think Ben Simmons is not a pressure guy. Putting pressure on him to be putting expectations and pressure on him is not where I've seen him flourish. Where you see him flourish is when KD is balling and Kyrie is balling and he just can go play and be and use his talent. So for me, I'm not changing my approach to whether KD or Kyrie is there because I don't know if mentally Ben Simmons could just, oh, let me just turn this on. He doesn't have that skill set, right? Like Kyrie can turn his his mode from, oh, let me get my teammates to, you know what, all y'all stand around and watch me take this game over. He got <laughs> modes, right? Ben Simmons has one mode, and that's just use your speed, use your talent, use your physicality, and get people the ball, drive to the hoop. I may say something in this in this manner of like, hey, you know, we want you to just take advantage of the opportunities that you see. We trust you. Here you go. I don't think this is a Ben Simmons. We need you, and you got to do this, and you got to do that. I just don't know if that's how he is communicated like. I appreciate that insight. Okay. That's KYP. Know your personnel. That's Rich? great. In, in the last 16 games, he's made one free throw. <laughs> in the last 16 games, he's made one free throw. Yeah. Dude, he got take the, that he in. Got take the, that he in. He doesn't. No, 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 no. In the last 16 games, he's made one free throw. I've seen it. He, he, played, he played in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He played in nine games in, 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 in February, or nine games in December. Didn't, didn't make a free throw. He only shot a couple. I'm not, it's not a lot, but it's like 0 for 2, 0 for 2, 0 for 2, 0 for 2, 0 for 1. Right, the most free throws he shot. Well, no, but 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 my point that I'm trying to make, Channing, is this: Ben Simmons is great at what he does. Okay, the things. This is what I'm trying to say. One, Jock Vaughn and Jason Kidd also had similar stat lines, where it was like they were 0 for 5 and had 12, 13 assists, didn't score any points. I only know that because of the Nets broadcast. Ben Simmons does certain things well. I'm still going to say there is a bit of a mental thing that he has to get over that's affecting his aggressiveness. The quick passing is great. It does get quality players some very good shots. Joe Harris, Seth, Kyrie, KD, it does. But in order to be a force, in order for them to truly be a championship contender, you can't have, I won't say you can't, it's going to be difficult for you to be in that position and not be aggressive. Right. Because a lot of times it's like when Steve Nash gets the ball, you know, this Channing, everyone says, go to your man, go to your man. And it's like if you throw the ball to Ben, the opera, like especially when you can start going against good defensive teams that have a chance to prep and plan against you, they will find their weakest link and do their best. And if the weak link beats you, then you tip your hat. And so I just think for Ben. When he gets that ball in the middle of the paint and everyone starts going to their man and he's forced to shoot or forced to be aggressive from the free throw line, I think he's capable of doing it. I just feel like if in this manner in which he's playing, he's got to raise it up another level, another notch. You can't have a guy that's made one free throw in the last 16 games and didn't make a free throw in December, has made one free throw in January. Again, I want to reiterate that Ben certainly understands and knows this. He said it in the post game yeah. that he knows that he needs to get to the rim and get buckets. He, he doesn't want to mm-hmm. throw up goose eggs, obviously. Right. Yeah. So if we're going to look at the beginning of the year, the expectations you have on this player was for him to just play consistently and be healthy. 
which he's battled with. Then what is his role and how does he affect winning on our team? So right now, do I apply pressure to him to where now in his mind, on top of what he's already dealing with, because players who don't go to a free throw line, they do that on purpose. Uh, that is a subconscious thing. I played with multiple players that were bad at free throws that would avoid going really hard to the rack because they didn't want any type of pressure from being at the free throw line because it was their biggest. It was something that they just, they got the, they called the yips whenever they got to a free throw line. So they would mm -hmm. avoid going and being aggressive. Now, when I've seen coaches put pressure on them, they take 10 steps back and turn into jump shooters. Not saying that Ben is going to turn into a jump shooter, but you want him to continue to see things at his pace. And here's why I say that. This is not the playoffs. If you can build his confidence up so that after the all-star break, you're ramping up, hey, maybe you start shooting right-handed. If Mason Plumley can shoot left-handed and Tristan Thompson can switch hands, you can switch hands too. Stop shooting free throws with your left hand, Ben Simmons. No, switch oh, no, to the no, right no, hand. No, 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 let's, uh, let's, oh, okay, we're we're. we're my I, man, I'm not listen, say, my guy in San Antonio switch hands. Mason switch hands. Hey, I, I'm. I, Richard, I'm not it's going the to, yips. Have I, you ever seen Charles your, Barkley I, throw I, a golf club with his left hand? Yeah, I, I'm very familiar with the yips. The only thing I'm saying is that I'm not going to start telling someone to do that if that's what he feels comfortable. I support it. But I'm not going to start telling everyone well, he needs to start shooting with. It. <laughs> well, okay. Let me re let's rewind. Let's rewind. Let's rewind. Let, let me re let's rewind. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons had a stretch. Let me say this. Ben Simmons had a stretch in in November. Right. It was 11 points, five rebounds. This this is consecutive games. 11 points, five rebounds, three assists. 15 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists. 22 points, eight rebounds, five assists. 11 points, seven rebounds, 11 assists. 14 points, two rebounds, six. Yeah. 20 points. Yep, we get six. the point, yep. So he put, you know, don't get the point, woman me. What I'm saying is that that was like a six, seven game stretch where he looked like himself. So you you can feel that it's there, and then he has another stretch where he gets a little bit, you know, if oh, But but even in those game, even in those game, his aggressiveness six free throws, four free throws, five free throws, right? Like there felt like he was like okay, he's starting to build on that. And I'm not saying we've seen a, a regression, but we've definitely seen like a kind of like flattening out of that curve that he needs to kind of kind of curve it back up. That's all I'll say about Ben. Okay. And they were Upward winning all of these games. Upward curve him, Richard. My apologies. I wasn't here to disrespect you. I just meant I really wanted the point point. Nah, oh, don't. <laughs> uh, don't apologize. Like, we Richard, get your you point. you just got to upward curve him. Sick. Y'all don't want me to go there, but you give me no choice when you throw those lobs. Um, having said that, <laughs> take a shot. Um, okay. So, I do have a question. And I think it might be something fun for you guys to go into because Rich, you've been on Tank for Wimbeyama or Wimby Watch, if you will. Wimby Watch. Um, there are five teams below a forty winning percentage. Four is it? Yeah. Magic Spurs, Pistons, forty percent winning percentage. Magic Spurs, Pistons, Hornets, and Rockets. Of those five teams. The question is, which of these players do you see most likely getting moved to go into full tank for Wimbeyama mode? 
You've got the Magic, so the Mo Bamba, Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, Spurs, Jakob Pertl, Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott, Pistons, Bogdanovich, uh, Sadiq Bey, Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, Hornets, Kelly Oubre Jr., Mason Plumley, P.J. Washington, or Rockets, Eric Gordon, Kenyon Martin Jr. Your guy was in the house last night too, Rich, for Lakers Rockets. Who? What guy was in the house? Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin. Never heard of him. Um, <laughs> what up, what up, Kmart? We didn't get his bitch ass on this podcast. That's what we need to do. Yeah, dude. I you say, know he was my favorite uh, player in college, so I played him, and I was like, "This man is a demon." <laughs> he <laughs> so hard. How was that? He is a demon. Oh, he is a demon. I had your jersey. He, hey, shut the fuck up. He oh, is damn. A- All right. All right. <laughs> no, Kenyon's fucking amazing. Uh, no, I think all these teams are in full are in full tank mode. I got all these teams. I think all that of wasn't them, the question. I, I'm talking players that it? could be moved on those. Teams. Oh, players that's that could. Why I I, that's what players. I'm saying. All of them are in tank mode. So I feel like for they're them, I, I think they're all up. Not the young players. Not the guys that you would build. Um, I think a lot of times you could see players that a team is like, we're not going to pay this guy the money. You know that that you know we feel like he's going to deserve. You know, let's say Luke Kennard in Detroit leaving Detroit. It's like we're not going to pay this guy, so let's move him to a team that likes him and would pay him. So I would look at those players that like are in that position. Um, not a lot of these teams have a ton of veterans on them because you would move your veterans. You know, for the most part, that's why it was so curious to watch what Utah is doing. If they're going to go like tank mode, they got Jordan Clarkson, they got, you know, Conley, they got guys that veteran players that teams would love to have. So if you're not going to go veterans, I think the next stage you go down is what players are in their third or fourth year that the teams are still in a rebuild and you're not going to want to pay them their value. Um yeah, that that that's to me. So any of those teams, and when when you're talking about the worst teams in the league from a position of like strategy, anything is on the table. Anything. Mm. Uh, I don't think that. No, it's gonna sound weird. I don't think Orlando is tanking. I think Orlando <clears throat> has been decimated with injuries, and I also think that they have found a guy that they are like, we're gonna take our lumps, but develop the crap out of you, and we're gonna play guys to assess talent, right? So, like, the the Detroit Pistons, I would consider that tanking, but they've also lost their main star, right? What the Rockets are doing is lower than tanking because they are just getting barbecued every night. I don't know what direction they're going in, but they have talent. But they have talent, right? You have Sangoon, who's nice. You got a uh, junior who's nice. Jalen Green can score KPJs. You know, in the right situation can can help a team. Uh, Kenny Martin Jr., I like him on veteran teams. Eric Gordon, I think, is solid. Uh, but, again, it's like you may get him for 10 games or you may miss him for two years. Like, you know, it's one of those things. I think San Antonio really has to look of, like, if you keep trading away these guys, like Jakob Pertl, who understands the system, who's a very valued center, what happens when you if you do get Victor? Right. I was reading and they were like, that's their biggest issue is like he would be Victor would work perfect with Pirtle. Pirtle's physical. He understands the game. He doesn't need attention like he's their Stephen Adams. Right. You said portal. Somebody went to the portal portal. 
Went to the portal. Portal? <laughs> I like portal. portal. No. <laughs> no, but it, like, look at oh, okay, okay. This what this 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 is what we're gonna, this is how we're gonna do this. This is what we're gonna say. This is what we're gonna say. When you're in this type of reboot, even if you get Webinyama, you're probably two three years away from you know him becoming. If he does meet expectations like a dominant player, like you can build around that in the time. Meanwhile, if you're spending money on players that are making seven, eight million dollars and you're like, what are we doing right now? We're just spending money. We're not here. Like the more money you spend, the more you're ideally trying to win. So like, yeah, a guy like Portal knows the system. But the minute, minute Webb and Yama gets there, if he were hypothetically in a San Antonio suit, like right. the system's going to change. The system's going to change um, so very quickly. And so, and not, it could be, they could be a great fit. Who would have thought that Giannis and Brooke Lopez would be an amazing, like, front court fit? Probably the most unique front court fit we have seen in a while. Who would have thought that, you know, Jared Allen, Mobley, and Markinen would have played outstanding together? You know, so... um, I don't know. I just think when you're looking at this, I think there's a lot of players that are going to be on the market, but I, I just... That we're doing a five-hour free agency, our, our trade trade deadline special. Really excited about that. Um, Some owner could look at like a team that's two or three games underneath five hundred, like and go, you know what? Let's just restart this. Like for instance, Chicago, right? You have Indiana, so even though they're doing well, you're like, damn, what could we get from Miles Turner and Buddy, right? Even though they say we don't want to trade them, you never know. Atlanta, what happens with some of those guys? Chicago, you look at Washington, Toronto's been super up and down. I know they won last night, but like, what is that team doing? Then you've got obviously Utah, Portland. Are they going to stick with their team? What are they going to do? Uh, Oklahoma City has some young pieces, but they got 62 picks. So I don't think they want any more picks. <laughs> then you have. They <laughs> always want more picks, Shannon. Dude, no, they don't want no more picks. They got so many damn picks. They need a they need an apple tree, right? So like, uh, like a lot of these teams, like Charlotte has no business being fifteen. How do you have one of the best offenses in the league? You rehire the coach that taught that team defense, and y'all went to absolute shit. Shout out James Borrego. Well, they're missing um, point of game scorer. Yeah, yeah, that got yeah, he got into that doesn't. Yeah, yeah, you miss, you know, look, and rightfully so, yeah. rightfully so. But you know, you miss out on twenty points a game, and you're looking around. It's like, well, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. When you talk about these teams and the situation, the position, obviously, the trade deadline is February 9th, so it'll be very interesting. Having said all of that, take a um, shot watching the Rockets last night, I understand being young and I understand what it takes and learning that process to win at this level and coming together as a team. But man, to lose a level, like what's the most you guys lost in a row? A month. So that's how many games you lost in a row? I've I've lost 14, 16, something like that. 12. Allie, we won 23 games all year. So that's a lot. That's- were you on? Were you on the Cavs my first year? No, that's they won oh, yeah, twenty three that year bad. too. Twenty three, twenty four. Well, just like no, that's, we had. Oh my gosh! There's nothing worse than starting the season like that too. Like like so, Trey. We drafted Trey Burke um, in Utah, 
and he was our point guard. Our backup point guard was somebody that no one had heard of, and our third point guard was John Lucas the third. Love John Lucas, good dude, but he's you know a five eight backup point guard. That's like an energy guy off the bench. So we didn't have a point guard, right? And it was like we didn't. We we started off zero and ten, some shit. Trey comes back, Ooh. and like we at least had something, and kind of like put together some wins, but it was like to start the season. Oh, like, you know, as a Laker fan, you know, to start the season in some shit. Ooh, that season gets long. When you look up and there is no conversation about you and you guys are 20 games in and you're four and 14 and the team wasn't expected to be good. They're not trying to be good. It's a, it's a dark couple. It's a dark winter. And then after all-star break, it becomes a countdown. Especially if you're practicing two and a half hours a day, oh, like on oh. on remedial, dude. I tell you, Scott Skiles in Orlando tore my ankle bones off doing closeout drills every damn day. Hey, no way. But I got a crazy stat for you. Please, twenty-two play. This is about the Rockets. Now I'm on a Rockets tip today. Just guys, I come on, man. Enough is enough. Twenty-two players have scored a season high with the Rockets this season. And here are the 11 guys that are nine guys that have scored 40 against them. Luca at 50, Laurie at 49, Ja 49, LeBron 48, Giannis 44, Trey 44, Devin 41, Tyler 41, Clay 41. None of those dudes are bums. Oh, yeah. Those dudes could go. No, all I'm not those saying dudes they're bums. I'm not saying they're bums. But here's the Remember that what? was just because it just seemed like if you're a really good big man, you're going to get buckets against him. But 22 players, 22 different players have had season highs against your team. That's a lot, Richard. I, I'm, there's no dispute in that. There, remember what Eric Gordon, they're like, what improvements have you seen from these young guys? <laughs> there has been no improvements. No problem. <laughs> what what player development is going? What development is going on? This? There ain't no development. No, ain't no development. Well, there's no there's no veteran leadership there, right? There's no one player that is connected to the coach. Like it's run by the getting guys ten thousand hours, ten thousand hours. They're getting guys ten thousand hours. These guys need to play. Jabari Smith Jr. needs to play. Kenyon Martin Jr. needs to play. Jared Green, uh, Jared Jared Green, Um, Jalen, what's his name? Jalen Green needs to play. They got to play tons and tons and tons of games, 40 minutes, wheel them out, go, 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 go. And then eventually when somebody kind of, kind of turns the corner, you start bringing in veterans. You're like, okay, well we need shooting. Okay. We need a second ball handler. A lot of this is just, you're not expected to win. It does work. Can you show me when you've reeled out? Can you show me any team in this past 10 years where you have a team of just all young guys, and you wheel them out and just let them play, and then all of a sudden it like it's not supposed to work. It's not support. They want Web and Yama also. The Houston wants Web and Yama. They want all of these guys. Like, make no yeah. mistake. AC got James Harden with the top five pick. They got Russell Westbrook with a top five pick. They got Kevin Durant with the number two pick. Like, make no mistake. Like, you don't build up franchises because you're like, oh, we've got one player and we're gonna go be good. Right, like right. James Harden came after Kevin Durant, the great first ballot 
maybe the best player on the planet, Kevin Durant. James Harden came with the fifth pick after that because they were shit. James Harden came after Russell Westbrook, who is two MVP, all these guys, MVPs. Also. It's like these guys were young and they were shit, but they were talented and they just needed to play and play and play and figure it out. And eventually they figured that shit out real quick. And once they started to figure yeah. it out, it was four years in, they had Serge Ibaka, they started putting some veterans around them and these guys go to the finals. So I'm not saying that's the Houston Rocket path, but that's where it is. You got to give these young studs and stallions like all the minutes you can, especially when they're one and done. So that means they were in high school where high school basketball is a joke. Then you go to G League Ignite or you go one year of college. You're not fucking being taught basketball. You're not being taught system. You're told to go be a basketball player and do what you do. Then you go and be the, the, the top five pick. So at what point in time have these guys gotten their 10,000 hours of basketball education, basketball minutes, basketball playing? Like they haven't. Same thing when you look at guys like Kaminga, when you look at guys like uh, like Wiseman. Wiseman played in high school, didn't play in college, shows up the Warriors, and they're like, you need to play him. There's a future. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right? Like Wiseman <laughs> played basketball entire year of basketball because of a knee injury and they're like well they've got to get more out of him he was the number two pick i don't care if he was a 2000th pick if the kid is not ready the kid's not ready like that's just yeah. that's it and so you go especially as a young Let big that. man yeah especially when you look and we've talked about this clay went to school for three three years draymond went to school for four years andre went to school for two years clay had a hall of fame or, or clay went to school for three years draymond had a hall of fame coach in Izzo. like andre had a hall of fame coach like these guys had so much basketball iq when they got there and it still took them years after that to figure it out so we assume because the guy's a number two pick at 19 he didn't become the number two pick because he was battling tim duncan in the finals of the ncaa tournament <laughs> he became the, the the number two pick because he was tall and athletic and all these other things so that's my thing about the patience with young players and why you gotta let them go you're gonna lose a, a boatload of games hopefully they show you something of how we can improve how we can teach them and then you bring in veterans to help lock, work the locker room after they've kind of established a little bit, in my humble opinion. When you're done refing for TikTok, maybe you should write a book and call it 10,000 Hours. Um, <laughs> no, Mal Malcolm Gladwell anything? already did that. Mal that's, that's Malcolm Gladwell. He did that. Oh, so you were you taking that, it right, from Alan? that book? Yeah, 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 that book is. It's uh, called it's Ten Thousand Hours. I haven't. It's not called Ten Thousand really Hours. Good. I'm not sure. Maybe oh. it's Outliers. I think it's Outliers or something. I'm not sure. Oh, Basically, okay. saying that you can't. Yeah, you can't be. Uh, don't quote me. I've read a couple of his books, but it's basically saying in order to be an expert or something like 10,000 hours is the minimum that it's going to take. doesn't matter if it's, uh, 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 if you're playing the violin, if you're playing the piano, if you're doing code, if you're playing a sport, when you dedicate 10,000 hours to it, you can be some level of an expert. And the sooner you get yeah. that 10,000 hours, the better off you're going to be. So some of these guys don't have that. They're not even fucking remotely close to it. You know, Fair. don't tell me that yeah. Steph could go to, you know, Steph can go and win multiple MVPs, but he went to school for multiple years. He studied, he figured it out. He developed yeah. like his skills and trade over time. Fair. Um, okay. Good discussion. Good talk. Before we wrap this up, I want to end on something fun. Um, nope. Obviously Channing, you, you work with this individual, Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I think is his name. Big I think he goes by Shaq. <clears throat> Shaq. Shaq. <clears throat> 
Shaquille O'Neal. Um, last week he settled up on the bet on TNT eating the frog legs, yeah. which frog were they frog legs? Bad. Cause they were sauteed and yeah. um, good batter and all the things I thought he was going to like literally have to eat Wait. a, like a, a raw, raw frog. frog. No, Ali, that's disgusting. But, and why would okay. you call it? Is it really a frog? Come to my neck of the woods. All, It'd be fun. If it, if it has all the exactly. batter and all Thank the stuff. You. How is that? How, what are you talking, is. I'm asking you, how is that a frog? It's how, how you're supposed to cook it. I ate, I ate an unsauteed cow's tongue. Dude, that's disgusting. Like, lingua? Dude, I didn't love lingua tacos. Yeah, but like, okay. To that point, well, we have you guys ever lost okay. a bet like this? I want to know if you guys ever lost a bet like this or ate something crazy nasty. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> well, let's not be offensive TV. here because what we but, but what we might find offend what we may find difficult oh could gosh. be a very you know respectable cuisine in other countries. That's all I'm saying. Let's just not be. No, I was just more here. shocked of what was inside. So. These tea eggs are like soaked in tea for God knows how long. And you think it's just a, a like a hard boiled egg with tea in it, but it actually has the bird still in the, in the egg, but it's all like. So you ate a bird. Mushy. Yeah. I ate a baby bird. I took a bite of a baby bird and was freaked out. Yeah. Mm. But I've eaten crocodile, rabbit, venison, buffalo. Kangaroo, uh, I already say alligator. Have you seen that? Like, I love those videos of how caviar's been made. Yeah, <laughs> I love, I love, I love it. How caviar's butt. been made, where they're squeezing the eggs out. You know that, yeah. right, Ali? Have you seen caviar? Not necessarily being made because that would be a weird thing, but how they how they extract <laughs> the caviar. Have you seen that? Do you know what caviar no. is, Ali? Yeah, you, have you heard of they caviar? Put on sushi. Yes, no. or, or right. sushi, or like, okay, do you know what caviar is? Something from a fish? Yes, it's fish, fish eggs. eggs. All, all, the ca 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 yeah. caviar is fish eggs. So what they do is they'll lay the fish on their back, <laughs> and like fish. if it's a pregnant fish, they just start squeezing, and you just see the caviar spewing out. You just see the caviar spewing out. And it's like thousands of that eggs. That is disgusting. It's, it's thousands of eggs. I'm talking about, you see them. It's literally just like massaging it. And it just, and you see the eggs okay. coming out. Okay. And, then they, and then they put, no, and then they put, and then they put the fish. They don't like kill the fish. Like if it's a fertile, you know. Um, if it's a fertile myrtle. Female fish, they put it back. And then that's it. That's how it's extracted. So I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of weird things that we ingest and, you know. That's all. I was just thinking of like mealworms. Like I used to eat mealworms as a kid. Well, that's no. weird. That is weird as no. fuck. Cow tongue. Cow tongue doesn't bother right. me. Worms and insects, I just can't get over their crunchiness. I can't do it. I'm not a, I don't oh. think there's a, like there's food I don't like, like beets. I can't stand beets. Oh, really? But nothing weird. I, oh. I'll, I'll try anything. Pickles are the I'll devil try anything. Pickles are amazing. No, God, pickles no. are amazing. The pickles worst. are amazing. The worst. Oh, I will literally pickles. sit there and just drink the I, pickle I said, juice. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh. I'll drink pickle Give juice. Give me the mealworm. No problem with that. Give me a mealworm. Have you ever had a pickleback, Channing? Yeah, they're disgusting. Oh, mm. SoCo and chase it down with pickle juice. Oh, so what, are good. we twenty-one? Oh, with a, pic so a pickle. That's yes, what a I did in college. A, a pickleback <laughs> is really good. 
Pickleback is so good. Yeah, disgusting. We're all done that. Add note. it to the list. Add it to the list. Um, yeah, you guys are amazing. Go take your naps. I appreciate you. Oh, I'm it's another out. edition of Road yeah. Trippin'.